right, welcome to Mad Gains Live. We are here live in an undisclosed location in Las Vegas. And I have such a special treat for you. Not only do I have amazing guests, but we have a surprise for everybody. So I'm trying to think of where I want to begin. Oh, happy Freight Friday. Um, I'm drinking Stella. What are you guys drinking? What's, what's on the exterior of that? <laughs> I know. I got Coke. I got Tommy Brady keeping this thing nice and cool. TB12. Just oh getting warmed up. Tommy, cool. You're going to have to be my football person today because I don't know crap about football. We're doing picks. Okay. We're doing picks later on. I have uh, a great group of guests for y'all. Um, but first, we're going to talk about a uh, new surprise. Mad Gaines has now been around for about a year. And before I started this live show, uh, I was just putting out videos on YouTube. And many of you have been around for a while, you know that. And then when COVID started, we started this live show. It has grown tremendously. And it was time for an update to my ghetto ass graphics that I created on Canva uh, and people shamed me for consistently. So I partnered with Lean Marketing, and they have a very special surprise. So we'll do the logo reveal. Three, two, one. Here we go. A thumbs up when it actually reviews. Is it done? Nice. What do you guys think? It's beautiful. So we have new logos. We have new graphics. When your guests speak, they're actually gonna have like titles, like professional looking titles that you'll see. And on top of that, uh, Amanda Miller, my favorite freight broker from Alabama. She's gonna field questions today, but she's also gonna drop in the comments the website that you guys should check out. Lean Marketing created the most beautiful website that's madgains, let's see, madgainslive.com. You can check it out now. Don't leave us though, put us in a different browser. And y'all should be on YouTube, by the way. And check out the uh, new website. We didn't use some ghetto ass WordPress, nothing. We used a new tech that Lean can tell you guys all about later. So now that we have all the pretty graphics and everything's changed, let's switch to our guests, who many of you have seen multiple times on the Mad Games Live, but you've never seen them in person. And now, Doug, you've been on the most. So welcome. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for coming all the way to Las Vegas for us. Thanks for having me back. I think that you got in late last night. I saw you and he behaved. I don't think you got. I went I to bed. You went to bed? Yep. Did Did you behave last night? Of course I did. I went straight to bed, maybe like 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> Something like that. He's lying, just so you guys know. No, he behaved kind of, sort of, a little bit. So introduce yourself, stranger to Mad Gaines. Uh, yeah, newbie, first time. So thanks for having me, Cassandra. Trent Broberg, uh, truckstop.com. I'm excited to be here. Lovely Las Vegas. I think it's about 75 degrees outside for all of you back uh, in the it's Northeast. Beautiful. I apologize for all the snow you're getting. <laughs> Did you come from the snow, Justin? Minnesota is like... Filthy right now. I think it's like <laughs> negative five, maybe. I think it's gonna be high. If you look at like the next, like the ten day outlook, I don't think it gets above zero. So I couldn't be happier to be here. Um, I mean, I would have come down here just to do yard work. Just yeah, to get, just to get the, the heck, heck out. out of Minnesota. Yeah. I call my kids and they're like, 
they ran to grandpa's car and like that was too much to bear. So I must have toughened them up a little bit. Yeah, Minnesota's not good. How about how about us. how about sunny South Florida? Florida's good right now. Horses are are down there. The girls are loving it. But Vegas, I haven't been to Vegas since 2018. So last night was my first time back. How do you feel? How are you feeling this morning? I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, he, he I am too. Like I didn't, yeah, I know. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I've been. I know. It is actually it's the Bahamas. <laughs> the Bahamas. I, I I had been to the gamble in the Bahamas a few times, but hadn't been to Vegas since '18, and uh, it was interesting the way they have it set up on the blackjack tables. Three people to a table, craps. You have your own little, like your own your own oh, little cage. Yeah. yeah, and then when everyone gets excited, <laughs> like everyone rattles their cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like hockey plexiglass, right? Because usually on a craps table, it's high fives, it's every whatever yeah. else. You're in this like blow my dice. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those money machine things where you try to, but you're in there, you know. So, <laughs> but we had a good comeback. We lost early, but finished pretty strong. Me and Dave Bell last night. Good. So, and um, uh, you said it was a ghost town. Yeah, it I, freaked I, me out. A I pulled in, and it felt like there was nobody here. Even. Yeah. Even in the airport, in the hotel, on the roads, it's dead. Dead. It's kind of weird. Easy to find a table. That's yeah. for sure. And we we had a we had a good we had a good time last night. I had dinner with you guys, and it was nice. It's been great. And so we are here to talk about. Like yeah, I, I do like tequila. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. They all know. They all know my drinking habits. Uh, we are gonna talk about our biggest mistakes. Let me check. We have an announcement um, as well. We are the uh, freight boy band. That's what we've decided. <laughs> we've got yes. a good number. We're going to do the with close these up mics. Show. Yeah, yeah, in front of us. We beatbox, and then he just freestyled. <laughs> right. We're the in sync of freight up here. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel very boy band. I feel very boy bandish right now. I'm excited. Doug can play instruments. You guys, who has the voice? No, I don't. I mean, I'm a drum. I kind of look like a drum guy, right? Drum or piano. <laughs> Right, keyboards. <laughs> um, Dance, like flock of seagulls. Yeah. We are supposed to be talking about our the, the stupid <laughs> shit we've done, and I want to look at. They're all getting a little nervous, um, but I wanted the folks here to be able to share stories about the stupid shit they've done in the past. It doesn't have to be now, um, especially if they don't want their you know their stockholders to know. And uh, it can be about the past or anything, but you know, I can. I wanted to have the folks who were watching. I wanted them to be able to ask questions for these leaders because someday you might be in their spots and you've been doing stupid shit. Who knows? But I can start out by doing. I'll tell you a story. I have about fifty of them, but I will tell you that one of my biggest faults that I had to um, work on was making decisions too fast as a leader. And I was a VP of risk at a brokerage, uh, not yours, not any of yours either. Um, just so you guys are all safe. But I had decided that all our contracts required carriers to have general commercial insurance. And I was like, but we're not vetting. We're not requiring these carriers to have general commercial insurance. And all you who work in, in carrier sales, you're about to have a heart attack. So I said, Hey, we can't we can't dispatch the carrier unless they've got that general commercial insurance starting now. And the entire brokerage almost went on fire. 
And they all came into my office screaming at me and yelling. And I was like, what's going on? What's the big deal? And they're like, no one has that insurance. What is wrong with you? Why didn't you ask us? We're partners. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Get the fuck out of my office. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I fixed a mistake, but that's one of my downfalls that I've had to learn from many times. Um, so who's next? Trent. Yeah, just related uh, exactly to that. It's pretty tame. I figured we'd start off slow and probably escalate throughout the yeah. show here. Keep giving Kevin alcohol. Though. Yeah, which is Kevin's got the stupidest shit. Yeah, we, he's probably going to take about <laughs> nine out of ten <laughs> of these. Fucking worked out already. Right. <laughs> yes, he's been doing well. Yeah, appreciate that. Kudos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Current. Uh, I had a similar situation where I'm always running too fast. People, uh, I've got a lot of nicknames. One of those is rental car because it's all gas and no brakes. <laughs> and, and so I'm running 100 miles an hour. One of my uh, directors stops me and, and I hear, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, I'm running so fast that people aren't able to necessarily keep up all the time or even understand what I'm running towards. And all of a sudden one of her, her one of, you know, her partners, uh, calls me a hummingbird. And I said, oh, what, what's that mean? Right. I'm just flapping my wings. I get this video in my head of me flapping my wings. While I'm trying to race towards an issue or problem <laughs> or opportunity. And, and it was just really around, um, from a stupid, uh, things I've done in the past was exactly what you said. I was running, racing too hard and not, not slowing down to, to, to probably smell the roses a little bit, but maybe that's a little tame and we'll just escalate from there. Thought it'll be one of you guys. Boy, or man. we can put Doug on the spot. To make okay. him get up. I think the stupidest thing I ever did was my first appearance on Mad Games Live. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was really, man, you were so trusting. <laughs> How long did that go for? Well, it was supposed to be 15 minutes. Yeah, I lied to him, you guys. I told him I, I was, was like, about two him. hours. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> including the Doug, after party. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that poor man. Mad Games after party. Yeah, we had an you, after party. Secondary I know. We, we were on, it was a lot of drunkenness. And that was the beginning of COVID where nobody had anything else to do. And so we were all bugging people on happy hour. But I, I lied. I told Doug 15 minutes, just pop in, answer a couple questions. Crazy. You know, your Echo people, they love you. They want to see you. And then we kept them for a long time. And I think uh, my head of marketing was texting me saying, you can get off now. Yeah. Your message. He was messaging me like, let Doug go. And I was like, uh -huh, nice. Nope. We're going to keep going. And people got to ask Doug questions live. And some of them were fucking awkward, like weird questions, but some of them were really good. You know, I, I and they're excited. A, I do have a story. I tell it to, you know, we hire about 40 people a month and I, I meet with every class and I, I tell them the story of my first sales call. And uh, I just got out of college. I went to work for this trucking company. It was an LTL carrier. And um, I went through the training program, I actually started out driving a truck and uh, went through operations and everything. Spent a couple of weeks making joint sales calls with other salespeople. And, you know, this was my first time I'd ever actually worked in an office job, you know, because in college, all my, my part-time work had been construction. So I, I kind of considered myself a blue collar guy. And I'm an introvert. So I, I get in the situation where I, I get recruited into this company and I'm in a sales job and I go through training. And so it's my very first day in my territory in South San Francisco. And I go to Burlingame, which has got this, I think it was Broadway, had a, a bunch of warehouses on it and industrial shippers. And I go into the very first 
company on the end of the street. And I walk in and in those days, we, we would make face-to-face -face calls and you would ask for the traffic manager. And the traffic manager was the person that routed the freight. And uh, I walked into the lobby and there was a bunch of people sitting in the lobby. And I went up to the receptionist and I said, I'd like to speak with the traffic manager. She said, just a second, I'll get him. So this guy walks out. I'm 21 years old. Got my little suit on. And uh, very first sales call I've ever made. I'm scared to death. And uh, the guy walks out and says, how can I help you? And I'm looking around and there's all these people watching us. And I think, like, aren't you going to invite me into a conference room? Yeah. And he just stood there in the middle lobby and said, how could I help you? And I froze. I, I didn't know what to say. I was self-conscious because I had all these people watching me. And I just stared at him for a second. And finally, I reached into my pocket and I pulled out a business card. And it was between my fingers and I was shaking. And, and he finally took it. And he looked at it. And I, I, I didn't know what to say. And so I finally I stuck my hand out. And he he looks at me, he kind of slowly shakes my hand. And I said, I want to congratulate you. And he said, for what? I said, you're the very first sales call I've ever made. Yeah, that was smooth. <laughs> no, he, he looked at me, he said, all right, we'll keep working on it, kid. <laughs> I said, thank you. And I turned around and I walked out the door and I never went back no. to that customer. Oh. But, I, you know, and the story I tell my salespeople is, you know, the very next call that I made, it was like pregame butterflies. You know, once I got rid of those pregame butterflies, yep. you know, I was good. Yep. And uh, I wasn't good, but I was okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just tell that story because for all of our people that are starting off in sales, you know, it's important to know that there's a learning curve to go through. And, you know, I wasn't particularly good in the beginning. In fact, I was horrible. But, you know, over time, you know, I developed a style that was me and, and I learned that you have to be authentic. You know, we had this guy in the, in the office and he had bright red hair and a big personality and he told jokes all the time. And I tried to act like him and it didn't was work. Was his name Jamie Petroselka? <laughs> well, he's a lot like Jamie, but it wasn't <laughs> Jamie. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a very good salesperson, but over time I became one and uh, ultimately it worked out pretty good. I love that story. What does like your fake first sale look like? Kevin Nolan. I, you know, I was a mess. <laughs> we role played a he's bunch. Not now. No, he's but not. Then, but then. No, I was, uh, well, I'll go back to my first work mistake. Thank so you. living in Columbia, South Carolina, like five months out of college, working at CH, and I guess it was Labor Day, right? It's Labor Day after Memorial Day, right before. Yeah. yeah. So go to the lake, go to this big party, stay up pretty late. And, I, you know, my body then was was realizing that, you know, working all week and then going hard like that, you need sleep. So I overslept by 45 minutes. And I'll never forget when I woke up how I felt. I was like, oh, my God. And I came in and I looked at our branch manager and, and I just shook my head. And I was like, dude, I, I, I'm sorry. He's like, you get one time. Yep. That's it. Yep. You get one time. And so that was my first idiot mistake. But same same group of guys that helped train me and, and get through. I was a mess, just like Doug said. You know, I would stumble over words, but I would practice my pitch in the shower on the way to work, everything else. So, you know, in those first few seconds when someone's on the phone, you can 
get into them, but I was a mess. But it's cool too, because I've been in other jobs where you have to call on your family and friends. And so if you're a mess in that, in financial services or real estate or whatever else, you know, that's your, your circle. You're like, oh, I'm going to see them at a party or I'm going to yeah. see them at church. You're calling on somebody in a warehouse miles and states away so you can fumble. So that's that's one of the cool things We're about this. I tell like our people, I didn't like sales at first. And but I stuck with it because that was the path I was on and I got yeah. better at it. But, you know, the, the thing that I learned later in life is that you've got to be good at sales because everything you do in business is about sales, even in life. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm constantly selling to clients. I'm selling to carriers. I'm selling to my employees. I'm selling to shareholders. I'm selling to my wife on where we're going to go on vacation, Yep. you know? And so, you know, learning, no, you're, not selling, you're, just, you're, you're like, I'm you're driving a plane. Um, <laughs> but learn, learning sales skills, whether you work in sales or not, it's one of the most important skills you can learn when you're early in your career. You got to learn it by stubbing your toe. Yep. Yeah. Makes so I'll give you two and they're one's not so juicy and one is, is pretty bad. Um, I was really bad at sending night emails and then not sleeping on them. And this is the worst thing you can do. Ooh, Even if you're sober, one. don't. If you're sober. But worse, don't have a couple Hot beers and some wine emails. and then start. Even if it's like a passionate like rah-rah. You reread it. I'm like, oh my god, that was like a dear Abby. That was horrific. Yeah, man. And if you're mad, it's even worse. So like, like just don't even send emails. And like, you can type them, but then just throw those in draft status, and then have coffee in the morning, and then rethink it. I'm terrible at grandma. I mean, I I even said it wrong. Like hey, grandma. grandma. <laughs> terrible <at> grandma. <laughs> um, I'm terrible at grammar, right? And so when I pound out those quick, thought out emails that you're just like, ah, and yes. you just send. Right. You know, your theirs are always all messed up. Sense, sense, whatever it is. I'm like, God. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. That's actually a good That's app. Good app. Uh so I have Grammarly. Um, Grammarly. I have wait, you gotta hear this. This is oh, really important. Oh, I can't wait. This is really important I'm for anybody who's a hiring manager or running a three PL. There is something um called uh forensic computer forensics. Is really freaking real. As a lawyer, so I know every this. text you send, yep. every email you send, you can't even if you delete it, it doesn't doesn't go off into the ether. Like it's there. So I mooned the. I call it the proverbial mooning of the giant. I mooned the biggest of the biggest by stealing one of their golden boys. But it was the most reckless recruiting you could ever do. Was taking them to football games, the pubs, Ooh. and all the while I'm texting them, I'm like thrashing the company he works for. And for no other reason, just because I was like a really sloppy recruiter at the time. I didn't, and I was young. I was in my 20s. And man, I got sued. They sued my ass like bad and depositions, like everything. Like, and there's nothing more like I'm telling you right now, you don't want to be in a deposition listening to your own email. the prosecutor read your text. How it's they, like the how most they get them. They hired a computer forensics company Discovery. that went in and they got all of it. Mm -hmm. Laptop shit, phone shit. And what about you and your wife? You know, are they getting that too? Everything. And so my point is, is like, um, I wasn't sending nudies or nothing, good thing, but um, yeah, like just don't be reckless, like be forthright, like hire the right way, have them do their job and their diligences, which actually was your last episode about like know yep. your non-competes, your all that yep. stuff. Anyways, just don't be re reckless because they, they'll get your ass. We're getting so. 
Or get a burner phone. Or get a yes. burner phone. That's yeah. actually a good you, one. You should always remember work phone on a personal phone. That's the other thing. Not to, not to blow anybody up. Our friend up. Jim Fry told was, me that. Have a oh, work really? phone. Wow, Jim is savvy. Savvy. I always thought he was a rule book guy. Okay, so. Street cred. This is, you guys, this is a great story. <laughs> and I have, this is public record. So I'm totally going to talk about this. And I'm not, you guys don't have to say anything, but it's totally blowing somebody up. Um, uh, we had Jet from Project 44 on the show. And we did like a whole interview as the CEO of Project 44. And he's a great guy, right? Best salad in the industry. And the hair, amazing. We actually had him back to back with you two, like you as well. And the women were sending me messages and they were like, we, we love. Yeah, yeah. Dad, the boy band, I know. <laughs> I'm manager now, Jet's in, I get it. It's okay. You're our rapper. You're Hype man. <laughs> so apparently, uh, his top competitor, and I'm this is from a complaint that was filed that I read, and then I read the this article that came out about it. And um, the CEO of Four Kites is his, I think Four Kites is a competitor. <laughs> created a Gmail account using his cell phone number. And then sent emails to Jet's board members saying lies about Jet. And then his board members turned around in the complaint and were like, who's, who's this fake dude, fake name? What are all these emails? And uh, Jet had no idea. So he filed a lawsuit, which obviously comes from the complaint. But you can see that the firing off of emails and the, <laughs> the things that happened probably late at night... <laughs> are not just what happens when we're young in our career. We have grown-ass adults doing it, too. Uh, and I read that. I was like, oh, my God, I got to remember this for our stupid shit we've done. Uh, I haven't ever created an email account using my cell phone number and then send off emails like that, but it's interesting. You guys have some questions from the crowd. You have a very lively crowd. Um, for those of you who have questions for any of these troublemakers, uh, Amanda Miller is in the comments, and she will escalate them to my phone. That's why I'm holding it is because she's talking to me right now uh let's go to we have a lot of chatty people we have a lot of chatty people in the comments so jess trib who's a longtime madtropolis uh attendee says <laughs> hey is these are not me i'm just the okay judgment free zone i suppose why do i receive so many cold calls on truck stop when i just want to look at what's available <laughs> You can say pass if you want. Me, uh, that's a good question. It means the marketplace, I suppose, is working. Yes. <laughs> um, Andrew Teal made a comment. He says, mistake, getting upset when other people didn't know as much as I did or weren't figuring it out as quickly as I thought they should. Um, I need to explain or teach better. I have the same problem, Andrew Teal. Um, actually, Andrew, I get mad at you most of the times for the same things. Uh, um, delivery chain world. Wait, delivery, delivery chain word is Doug. Doug was called Doogie Hauser. Is that true? <laughs> Before he was well known because of his breadth of knowledge at such a young age. He's a legend in freight brokerage and having worked with him, highly respected. Oh, that's the guy's alias is delivery chain word. That's what he says about you. Did you pay him to come in and? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Why does he used to call it's you my, Doogie House? That's my PR firm. <laughs> that's Chris Clemenson. He's over there typing away. So if anybody else has questions for these folks, um, they can submit the questions through here. So uh, how 
How's your temper with investors, Doug? Have you ever lost your temper with an investor? Yeah, I, I had uh, I went I was in New York once on a non-deal road show. And that's where an investment bank will take you on a tour. And every hour at the top of the hour, you go into another fund and you spend 45 minutes with them. Then you when you finish with that meeting, you go out of the building, you get in a limo and go to the next one. And you do like eight meetings in the day. And I went into this one hedge fund and the guy started um, yelling at me. He's saying, well, like, why do you guys do this? Why do you do that? Why is your balance sheet this? And, and it was just like, like 40 minutes of criticizing me. And finally I stood up and I said, fuck it. If you don't like it, don't buy the stock. Yeah. And I walked out. <laughs> wow. That's intense. Um, have Doug's a towering man. Like I'm not coming at him like that. This guy, you know, he's probably a pencil neck too. You know? I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm not going hard at Doug. Right. True story. Uh, when I worked for Doug, there were a couple times where I lost my temper and went in, didn't know all the knowledge of everything going on. And I was like, Doug, and it was like, there were a couple times where, you know, he calmly would listen to me go off about something that probably didn't matter in the real broad scheme of things. But I don't think, I don't think I ever pushed you to a point to lose your temper. So that investor must've really. Yeah. I don't do it often, but when I do, it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you pushed me to the max right now. <laughs> That's a, actually it's a problem, right? You got you know you got all this leeway, and then there's a tipping point. Yes, where <laughs> you've pushed me a little too far now. <laughs> How's your temper? Uh, I am as even as it gets, always, a hundred percent of the time. Okay, how about in your personal life? No, uh, I've got my ups and downs like everybody else. I think generally people would say I'm pretty calm. Uh, I think I think. Typically, you'll see that in extroverts or, or even, you know, an introvert like Doug, where you've got a tipping point and you hit that tipping point and you're firing emails off at night and maybe not paying attention to your grammar. Right. Uh, I think, you know, that's just the nature of the world we live in. But generally speaking, I'd say I'm pretty even killed. What's your biggest weakness besides moving too fast? What else you got for us? He's quiet. Did you notice how quiet he is? So we've got to keep digging. He's new to us. I got some good stories. I said we'll we'll continue to escalate here as Tell we move yeah, through we this. Need a story. I'll give you a story. I was just looking at at uh, at Kevin's shirt over there. So, um, <laughs> so, so me and the line of coke. Yeah. So we got uh, we got. Uh, so I'm, I'm working for a, a large uh, you know trucking company uh, for quite some time, and I'm new. I'm just out of college, so I'm basically in an analyst position. I'm just helping out. Right? You wear a lot of hats, you basically do what everyone else doesn't want to do. And that's your role. Uh, so I was helping actually set up for a meeting. It was a big meeting, national account with a large beverage company. Uh, and I provide all, you know, we get the snacks and the drinks and everything set up for like an all day meeting. And of course it's the opposite of Coke. It's, it's Pepsi who's coming in to visit. And what do I bring in all Coke products for the whole oh, day? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm it's simply an analyst. Yeah, it's very serious. I'm the analyst here just helping out. And the salesperson, the national account salesperson just raked me over the coals. <laughs> just never let me for about 10 years. Never let me live that down. 10 years. <laughs> Seriously. You to scramble and remove them. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It was there set up, ready to go. Didn't oh. go so well. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. There, it's real though. It's real. There goes, there goes. They, they, they won't drink a Gatorade, uh -uh. right? Oh, yeah. Coke people only drink the Powerade. 
it's, it's all all bent, right? Right. They're just it's it's black. It's okay. pretty cool. I it's worked for Philip Morris a long time ago. Like that was my first job out of college, and they were they were like, "You smoke marbles or any of our brands, and that's it. Like if you're gonna smoke, if you don't smoke, like we were in meetings, and they would have no shit. We would be." And like major meetings and the district manager would be doing presentations and there'd be bowls of cigarettes like on the tables. And, and they're like, if you're going to smoke, you better be smoking our products. Mm. <laughs> like, wow. All right. All right. We're all a bunch of type A busy people. So efficiency is important. Let's tell them, the viewers who are kind enough to join us today, like life hacks, like what are some like maybe morning hacks you have to like, prepare for your day and get more accomplished than maybe you normally would, you know, or like just any yeah, sort of I like a work it. hack, like I what's a good it. work hack. It could be an app. It could be the music you listen to before a big meeting, like whatever, like what are your, what's yours first? Oh man. Um, so mine, it's a great question. Like, um, mine's in the morning. Like I got to get up before everyone else. And there's an app called brain.fm and like a lot of like coders listen to this, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, like, Research of the study, this like it gets your brain waves moving in such a way that you're like, like white noise, yeah, like almost like mm -hmm. two, but it's like beats. It's, it, but the beats are like they get your brain like snapping at a level where you're just so, like, all the emails I didn't get done from the day prior, I get up in the morning and you got to do it with a headset. You can't just be like on your phone or out of your computer speaker. You have to have the headphones on. And it's just like brain.fm, you'll be more efficient than like ever. So that's my little Oh hack. my God, I love it. What's Kevin got for us? What are your hacks? My hacks? Listen, here's the thing about you, Kevin, <laughs> is that you come off as like relaxed, everybody loves you, like everything's chill in life, but you got like a monopoly, you got like this whole kingdom you're building. And we all know it, don't we? Mm -hmm. But you're just like chilling. Are you always like this? Or in the background, are you fucking <laughs> a million miles an hour? You gotta get this done, you gotta do that. Oh, I'm, I've got a million things going on. I know as soon as we're done here, I'm going to have 40 texts to hit back on and a lot of decisions and stuff to make. But uh, uh, this is, I like this, right? I love talking about the industry. I love talking about the game. Uh, but one thing I do every morning when I wake up, I shower. Um, that's uh, <laughs> okay. With COVID lately, that's actually an accomplishment. right. But while I'm in the shower, I say to myself, I haven't done anything yet today. So I judge everything in days. Okay. Right. Like I compare last Friday to this Friday, right? I don't, you know, in freight, you know, you can't compare a Thursday to a Friday or anything else like that. So, you know, I judge myself in the morning and then haven't done anything yet, need to do something. Then when I go to bed, hopefully, you know, I've accomplished something pretty good that day. It's either a winning day or a bad day. So that's, that's, that's my mornings, you know, in the shower and then get after it. That's that Waffle House hustle. right there. The Waffle House hustle. The Waffle House. Well, we, we, we should coin that. They could, they could well, I, I did learn a lot about, you know, judging day versus day, obviously. Um, at Waffle House, we would compare the last year, same day, same store sales, right? For a manager of a fast food place, yeah, they it's pretty incredible the way that they manage and operate that business. But have you made a song about your experience working at Waffle House? Because that will be their first boy band song, I'm pretty sure. I did actually on rap chats during the middle of COVID when we went crazy. We, we what? were all I'm sorry, what's rap chat? 
So rap chat is actually pretty cool. Uh, people go on and they make beats that they allow you to kind of just freestyle on top of. And so we had some going back and forth. We actually had a contest at NTG and this guy killed it. Um, and it was great. Uh, but yeah, so on rap chats, I did a song about Rhonda, one of the waitresses that worked there. <laughs> she was the best. She was a real all-star. That's like a play on the all-star breakfast. But, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 That's a lifetime. Okay, here's the thing. I heard he's a disciple Yes, I have a feeling like too. And Adams. he's also like musical and all that jazz, aren't you? Or did I make that up? No, I didn't. You're no, like I sent you my uh, Echo Talent uh, Echo Talent Show video. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're always doing stuff like that. So what's your hack? What's like keeping you sane in life? You know, my, my biggest hack. Way back when I was in high school, I started uh, meditating. You know, just to, I played sports and it was helpful in, in uh, especially in sport of wrestling is kind of calming your nerves and getting ready and getting in the right frame of mind. And uh, I've been doing it twice a day ever since. Damn. And I studied a lot of different types of meditation. Uh, and I just find it's it's uh, helpful. That's deep. That was. I, don't, I can't follow that. I can't. I can't sit still. <laughs> no. Well, and after we're done here, I'll teach a class in it. Okay. Gosh. Well, actually, Congrats. in yeah. the undisclosed location, right around the corner, I'm gonna. Kevin and I are gonna bring you guys there when this is all over with, because they have a trampoline, and a batting cage, and what was the thing in the back? It was a paintball place no, too. A, a, yeah. yeah. I told Trent. I want to know what goes on on the trampoline. They had a. Uh, they had a uh, full uh, golf simulator in there. So, a lot of fun toys. And tortoises. And tortoises. And saving me money right now. Turtles I'm not on a craps table in the cage right now, right? <laughs> so, for the first time, I'm actually saving you <laughs> Banging money. Banging on the plexiglass. Well, yeah, you're costing money right now, too, because yeah. it's, it's Freight Friday. Yeah. People call me and they complain. I, I And one person who's watching right now knows they called me. And it's the CEO of another company. And he said, Cassandra, can you move your show to Thursday? We need to have this conversation. Yeah. And I said, I said the same thing. I said, uh, people, other people have asked me to move it to Thursday. And I was like, but everybody's for a year. Everybody's been going Fridays. They can't just move a giant show all the way to Thursday. And he's like, well, my people can't watch it on Friday because we're doing the spot market. And, and that was all I had. And he's like, so only the people, the big companies get to watch it because they're not riding the spot market as much. I don't know how true that is, but so. We're all in the spot. We were complaining about the what? We oh, life hacks. That one first, oh, yeah, yeah. because life I don't hacks. really think my, I don't know about. Not deep meditation, although, you know, just generally getting up and fitness in this COVID time is, is important, I think. But uh, I always, I've got a little uh, routine I do in the morning with Blinkist, which is basically, you know, audible. It's um, books, uh, you know, audio books, basically. I'm a big reader and I used to have a long commute. So I used to, burn down books on audible frequently. I can't do that anymore. So I've gotten a bridge time frame. So Blinkist basically takes those books out there. You continue, uh, continuing education and shortens it up to like minutes, 15 minutes. You can burn through a book. Um, That's the best way to do it. yeah, and it's, mm -hmm. it's a really a bridge version of the book. So it might not do it all the justice, but you'll get the gist out of it. So that's a big deal. And then, um, I'm a big, uh, I'm a nerd, like a self-proclaimed nerd. Uh, I think everybody that knows me would probably agree with that. So I'm just into technology. So it's really around me with lists and being able to check things off in one note. If you can keep an organized one note, oh, first one off, amazing. you're a saint. Mm -hmm. And if you're organized and second, uh, 
take that to heart. It's a lot better than doing it to paper. It might take a learning curve, but 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 it's something you should be doing. I'd say use Trello. The best. Or Evernote's good. There's another one. There's one that's just like Trello. Whatever he wants. I love Trello. It's a good one. Okay, you guys have more questions coming in, which is, um, was there ever a time that you felt like this industry maybe wasn't for you? Because that week had so much shit happen. <laughs> <laughs> I got a great one, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I tried other things, you know, and, and but once it gets in your blood, it's you really- can't get it, rid of it. No, I don't know why. Because, because again, going back to the day thing, no day is the same in this mm -hmm. business industry. Not only because hectic things happen with the freight, but also it's such a people business and the people aspect of it. So, yeah, I tried. There was several times, right? Especially again when you're dealing in the spot market crazy stuff happens with carriers crazy stuff happens with loads you know you you <laughs> that load of carpet that has to get to an installation you're getting screamed at like the yeah. world will explode if it's not there by you know because there's a crew there waiting and everything so the stress of it over time builds and builds and builds so that's why it's so important for you know a broker to try to work out some kind of work-life balance because the spot market's nuts. You know, right? I had um, a carrier sales, a vice president of carrier sales one time. And this is, the f this is the first time in this industry that I realized what you're saying. I also wondered whether the industry was for me, not at any, not at your company, Doug or anything, but, um, and uh, I was, I was their GC, like a project GC for them. And we, they had a carrier that just did a bunch of bad stuff for somebody else's account. We lost a bunch of money. And I said, we're not using that carrier ever again. And it, for some reason, there were other circumstances going on, but it, it sent the carrier sales rep into this spiral because that was his number one carrier on lots of loads. He had to scramble um, and it really stressed him out. He took his keyboard, he threw it across the floor. He was like, you Cassandra, blah, blah, blah. And then his leader was like, you Cassandra. And it was a ton of drama. And I'm sitting here thinking like, Hey, it's just one carrier. And we have 16,000 active carriers in the software. Like it's just one. But I realized that the whole week had been really just eaten away at this team. And it wasn't about that one carrier. It was, it just pushed them overboard. And I was like, man, it's no joke being in carrier sales. It's no joke. Well, on the customer side too, you know, the, the, the salesperson that sold that hot load or those, you know, yeah. when, but you know, when they say there's a lot of eyes on it or it's super hot, I don't mind that either. Cause it means it's a little, a little yeah. more expensive. Yep. Yeah. Hands down as it should be. <laughs> right. Keep talking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want night dispatch? I'll track and tracing 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. But that's more expensive. Right. And so, uh, you know, that balance that you're talking about pushing over the edge. But think about that. You know, that carrier sales rep probably spent years building that relationship. Yep. And I years. ripped it out from underneath them. That time we had a lot of meetings about it and thorough discussions. So it wasn't a total asshole, but uh, I, I could see the bigger picture with that kid. I felt bad. I think there's ways that 
if you work in a team or a pod setting, whether it's a branch or however you, you know you bracket groups, I think companies could probably be a little more novel about like giving individuals sort of planned sabbaticals. Like, like statistically, yes, most people don't take idea. their vacation days, right? I mean, they get yep. to the end of the year. I mean, we all do yep. our tax. Well, no, they're young, so they do these three day weekends, mm -hmm. four day weekends where they go to weddings. I did it, right? And it's like you know they. They, they use them for that. Now, COVID's probably made that different and hopefully, you know, but yeah, they, they use those, those days like timeouts to go to social events, music fests or whatever it was. And so I think if everyone in your team's got your back, you're like, okay, listen, like I, I got July, you got September, whatever, but I'm taking 14 days. Like, yeah. I'm the hell out of this thing. Like out, like computer off but financially what does that do to you all right that's a lot right. but, yeah. but whatever like, days, but even a week like no. let's just say it's a week but like a week but like <laughs> truly like but log out like you're out yeah and your team's got to have your back like have your emails forwarded everything people don't do that no they I don't think if they had that one week refresh it would do marbles the week is, is a stressful perfect. business yeah. it takes two to three days just to unwind just yeah. to get situated and feel like okay i am on vacation so I agree with you. I think your boy at Gravity Payments would say forced one week sabbatical. Yeah, he mandatory. would. Dan Price. Hands down, he would. He might have Jet in the salad contest, though. He had, he had pretty good. We boss. need to put them side to side because yeah. he's got the long hair, but Jack's got that thick, like, wavy And a majestic curly. beard. Not, yeah. It'd, oh, be a, it'd so be a good battle. Nice. Can I tell you a Jet story? So I was oh, walking goody. down the street in Chicago. Sorry, Jet. And uh, sorry, but not sorry. I, I I I turned around the corner, and there was like this sports fitness place, and there was a picture of a male model looking good, like on a ball, like you know whatever else, whatever. I was like, that's that's Jet. I was like, Jet is not only like the suave businessman; he's a model too. It's like a double of seven agent, man. So I took a picture of and it. Naturally, of course you did. <laughs> right. <laughs> and sent yeah. to him and you made his day, I think, or I, not. I, I, who knows? But it's pretty hysterical that. <laughs> Dude, if I could, if right, you know, my form didn't look that good on the ball, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys have more questions, but wait, uh, you had a story for us, didn't you? Oh, my. Yeah. When you said, do you regret? It was my first day in the industry. I highly regretted getting into it. Just graduated college. I show up on uh, a major carrier. I'm in dress clothes like normal. And they say, okay, you're going to go out on a truck. I said, okay, I'll be back by dinner. I was not back by dinner. As a matter <laughs> of fact, I spent four nights in the truck oh with God. no toiletries, clothes, pillow, sleeping bags, anything. <laughs> the driver was a very nice gentleman. I still remember him today, his name. He was a chimney, unfortunately. So my head was sticking out the window as we stayed i learned a lot about the industry's uh maybe underbelly uh at truck stops <laughs> <laughs> during, during, <laughs> during that trip but i uh i had no way out because i was stuck in the truck so like if i was in a normal situation i would have been like you know i'm just graduating college young probably been like out yeah. this is not for You're me like, but man, doing this. i had to just sit there and and listen to the Qualcomm beep and not even knowing what it's doing for <laughs> four nights in the truck. I came back. I said, you can't do that to people again. Oh that God. is not. You can't. Yeah, name. you can't do that. That's way too much of a yeah. welcome to our industry slap. Yeah. The truck stops are getting nicer, though. The new ones that they're building yeah. are getting are getting nicer. But I don't know. I mean, I don't I've never really looked at, you know, the legacy ones and everything else there. But 
This is almost twenty years ago. Now, it's a long did. time ago. You've had a lot of you've had a lot of Doug. You've had a lot of inter interesting jobs in the industry before you landed well, the Echo gig. The one that made me want to quit. <laughs> I was the terminal manager in Kent, Washington, for Yellow Freight. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I got a call from one of my drivers who was making a delivery and said, uh, and "Of course, we had Teamster drivers, and and it, it was oh, a boy. it was a union customer, and they were on strike, and and so my driver said, I can't drop cross the picket line." So it was about 11 o'clock and, so, and I had a lunch and I so I and I was wearing a suit. We wore suits in those days. So I, I told the driver, I said, OK, hang on, I'm going to drive over there and I'll I'll drive the truck in and I'll back it up to the dock. I didn't know what the shipment was, anything else. So I jump in my car, I drive to the shipper's dock. And it was a 53 foot trailer. It wasn't a pup. You know, it was, it was a, <laughs> I, I thought, oh, this is a truckload. Oh, this is for real. <laughs> so I go, OK, so I. I, I get in the tra tractor and I, I back the, tr the truck into the dock and I go up the stairs and go onto the dock to see the, sh the uh, receiver. And I said, I got a delivery for you. And so we open the door and it's 53 feet of stacked paint, boxes of paint. And uh, this, the, the customer says, all right, well, when you unload it, <laughs> you need to put it on these pallets. I go, Unload it like me. I'm wearing a suit. <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, you got to unload it." I go, "Are you going to help me?" And he goes, "No, because I'm going to lay the pallets out here for you." <laughs> so I spent the pallet guys. There's no forklifts. We do have a pallet jack though. And I go, "Oh, okay." So uh, I spent the rest. I took my 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 jacket and my tie off. I, I called one of my uh, dispatchers to come over and help me, and we spent the entire afternoon uh, unloading unloading. I guess it was a forty foot trailer in those days of paint. Do you think that truck driver was on the other side of the picket line? He was laughing he was his like ass this? off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a manager only, not a driver. He was smoking his <laughs> <laughs> He was getting paid for it, too. I used to think about this a lot at YRC. I mean, that was a big deal for me to leave a 3PL and then go to, a, you know, you work for, for YRC mm -hmm. as well. Wonderful company. I mean, but I, I would just think about, like, think of today how cold it is in Minnesota and those dock workers. Man, those doors whip up. It's yeah. not like there's a nice heater there on yeah. you. Like, work the dock, drive a truck. Like, that is so freaking hard. Like, the four days you spent with that fellow. You know, your office job doesn't seem so bad. I'm not saying you can't have a tough week, but you kind of got to have that reminder. Like, the people doing the heavy lifting, the drivers, the dock labor. Man, that's like. Brutal. That's a hard day's work. And so, it'll, you know, again, you're more than welcome to have a tough week. Go have a beer. Talk to someone you love. But but remember the people that are grinding this thing like 250 days plus a year, especially now with the Nor'easter yeah, or the Siberian real. Express, whatever they're calling it. Like the days like today, we got to take our hats off for the people doing the, the heavy lifting. We don't have a lot of people who are actual like dock workers or truck drivers. It's a very small percentage that watch the show. Um, it's a lot of people in management, but interesting fact, it's just way off, a little bit off base. But when I was in Mexico for a while, um, those truck drivers, they don't have truck stops anywhere and they're constantly worried about getting their freight stolen. So they have to be very careful. They park on the side of the road together um, so that they can keep each other safe. And there's nowhere to go to the bathroom. There's nowhere to eat. And the roads are incredibly dangerous for them. So food for thought, if I have any of my truck drivers who are like, oh, I hate being a truck driver in this country, just 
always could be worse. You guys have another question heading your direction. This question is pretty good. Um, someone wants to know when you guys first took your C level position, can you share what your biggest learning was or biggest takeaway in your C level? Anybody want to go first? My first C level position was a CIO position at an LTL carrier. And the owner of the company said, we need a new computer system. You know, LTL software really wasn't that good. Has, hasn't been a lot of improvements over the years, but so we decided we were going to build an all new system. This was in the late nineties. It was going to be web-based Java, you know, ahead of its time. We spent a year and a half building it, did a lot of the work in India. And when we finally finished, we, we had a big bang integration. We flipped the switch oh, and uh, we couldn't invoice our customers for six weeks. <gasps> so oh. you can imagine what kind of a hurt that puts on oh, cash flow. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that was, that was my welcome to the like, sea world to leadership. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course the owner wasn't real happy with me, but, uh, we, we dug ourselves out of the hole, but, uh, that was my first experience. That was a good story. Uh, that was also one of the bad shit things that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Killed two birds right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, back to that question. I think my, my biggest learning it, when, um, and just generally moving up and from a leadership perspective is just to listen. Like I always, I'm always the first, I'm an extrovert. So I enjoy the interactions. I talk first. I often just blurt out things. Then once again, the hummingbird in me coming out uh, and people would just run that way. So you, you'd say something and people are going to run after you. It's true. And they think, you know, everything, but you don't like, we don't know everything just because you're in a title or position. You just don't know uh, you can't know everything. So, uh, it's just to sit back and listen. I'm often just the last person to speak in meetings. And I do that on purpose because I want them to not follow me, but to follow what they think is right. Uh, yeah, good question for whoever asked it. Um, in 2016, when I took over chief customer officer job at YRC, the board wanted it to be a disruptor job. So they wanted me to come in and just shake the trees. Word, and you know. I know it's overused. Uh, I, I do too, but, but at that time, um, you know, I had to remind myself to just be me because they didn't hire me to be, you know, anything other than my authentic self. And so I had to remind myself of that often. But I would say the biggest learning uh, and really daunting moment of taking that level of, of a position um, was that we had over 30,000 employees, you know. Um, and so Darren Hawkins, who uh, replaced uh, Darren or James Welch when he retired, he, he had this sort of pep talk he'd give us. Um, around the Tennessee Volunteers football stadium. And he would say, hey, you know, the Tennessee Volunteers football stadium can hold whatever it was, 100,000 seats. He goes, if you take all of our employees and their families and you take that headcount, we would fill that stadium and then some. So know the decisions you're making impact a stadium full of people. Wow. And I was just like, man, like it just it really made you think critically about everything you did yeah. and the decisions we made. And it was like that, that magnitude, I think was, it was just a great metaphor, like just to think about the people side of uh, taking on that type of role. But and that's when he started drinking. <laughs> and Even more. <laughs> Midday. No, so I, I'd say the biggest learning I've had um, surrounding myself with more people who uh, have, have been in C level positions before um, communication, understanding styles, understanding um, 
the way that they think when they take in information. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of studies and a lot of stuff that I would have never done before where, you know, they, they look at your, are you, uh, what is it like A, B, yeah. C, D? Yeah, the disc and everything else okay. like that. So that, I mean, we put them all up on the wall. And so, you know, it made me really realize that when I run in hectic, like with yeah. some whatever else that, you know, someone who's a CFO who thinks and looks at things differently, you know, I might've just really just pushed them and, huh. you know, into the, and so it was, it, that to me was the, the biggest learning that I've ever experienced was seeing how differently everyone took the same test, but answered it differently and, and how they, you know, take in information. Yeah, we got a good mentor that said everybody's got their own story. And like understanding that everybody's got their own story is a much different context because they come from a different learning, different perspective. But you know what? I think, I think Kevin, I think as you were just talking about that, I think I've got a new nickname for you and it might be like the duck because oh, you tell. I think you're calm on top of the water, but underneath that water, those feet are, <laughs> are <laughs> flapping like hell underneath the water. <laughs> See if that'll stick. Uh, MTG. I like it. I know it's not sexy. It's not rapper-ish. We can make it. We can make it something like Duck Daddy. DJ Duck Daddy. DJ Duck Daddy. Sorry, Kevin. There, we made it sexy. That's going home with you. He's got to compete with Chad. So I was thinking about Pretty in Pink, which you know I don't know if you remember the the guy Ducky in it. Long Duck Dong. Long Duck Dong. No, we're not going there. That's you. When I was at Echo, I think. As an outsider, I was like, I think you were nerding it out on the same, I think on um, like how to manage millennials, mm -hmm. like big time. I was writing a book on it for a while. I thought you were. And then what happened is Gen Y was old news and it was now Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> to figure out the millennials and he's like, oh, screw it. But, you, but I remember like you were really into, um, you always into tech, but I remember you were really into the people side of things. And did you do you want to share any of your biggest learnings, at least for the millennials? Because the millennials are still moving into the uh, leadership roles. And I think that's what our industry is experiencing right now yeah. with the big change. Is well, everybody's like, holy crap. You know, my entire career, I always felt like I was the young guy in my industry for what I was doing. And then overnight, I became the old guy. So <laughs> now that I'm the old guy. And you're a Gen Xer, right? I'm a boomer, actually. You're so. a boomer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Who's say you're Gen Xer? Well, I'm on the, on the cusp, mm -hmm. but anyway, um, you know, that you when don't I, want to talk about your age for another 30 minutes or so. No. It's okay. public information. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 39, <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> you know, definitely there's characteristics of the cohort that we call Gen Y and Gen Z that sometimes I find frustrating. Um, but you know, I've had to learn that, you know, it's, it's not better or worse. It's just different. And, um, there's a lot of things I've learned from the young people that work at echo that's that I think have made me better. And it's made me learn to be more flexible. It's made me learn to be op more open-minded. Um, so I think I'm a lot better today than I used to be just because I've been around a lot of, of different forms of thinking, but, um, like it or not, Gen Y and Gen Z is going to be running the world. Yeah, they are very soon here. So, so I think the rules are going to change, and and everybody, business, government, everything is going to have to change with it. 
So what's the big difference between managing those millennials versus the Gen Y or the Gen Z or whatever they are? Like, I remember when I, when I was at Echo, I remember Doug started a bunch of like non well, there's, there's, there's boomers, there's Gen X, there's Gen Y, which are the millennials, and now there's Gen Z. Oh, okay. I'm getting them all confused. So Gen, what's the biggest difference between millennials and Gen Zs with managing them? Well, the Gen uh, Ys are, you know, those were, by the way, it's all our fault. You know, the, the people who parented, Product of the environment who people. parented that. We actually hired a consultant at one point. It was kind of funny. Uh, it was probably 2010. And I said, I don't know how to deal with all these young people. And and uh, we brought in a consultant <laughs> for a day. priorities are completely different. And he, he started off the meeting. He says, well, first of all, understand it's your fault. He said, we've got a whole generation of people that were, had everything arranged for them. Play dates, you know. Uh, yep. You know, when you grew up, pointing at me, he said, you know, you, your mom sent you out and you played all day and it was time for dinner. She rang a bell, right? And I said, yep. exactly. And she said, well, that's not how kids are being raised today. So if, if you don't like it, it's, it's, it's how you're raising kids and it's not good or bad. It's just different. Makes sense. I, I would tell you that young uh, adults today have so much, they care so much more about purpose Yep. and giving and, mm -hmm. and, and, really being thoughtful about how everyone's doing of every economic class and of every breed awareness. of walk. Yeah. Their awareness yeah. is off the charts. And I think we probably don't celebrate that enough. Right. I mean, right. uh, we, I have a charity I run back home and I would tell you like my most active volunteers are this newest, whatever the hell they're called Gen Z. And so I think to the extent in work that we can allow them to work on things that, have a genuine purpose that impact the business and remind them how the work they're doing today has remind them of the macro impacts of the things they're doing. Cause if it's just like, put your head down and get it done or your ass is out of here, kind of how we grew up, that hard knock shit doesn't work. Right. Uh, so it's I think, actually a more enlightened generation. Enlightened for sure. I, I would agree yeah, much more than we were. They're not going to do what they don't want to do. Nope. Right. And so you've got to empower your team to, like Justin said, do more than just move freight now, right? It's a it's, different motivation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting. How are you doing? I know that you, at one point in time, I read an article or something that oh, you're, I know, I'm sorry. It's another one of those, why you, call, okay. <laughs> why, are you calling uh, why are you calling me so much? Um, That's our first uh, single, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> why are you calling me so much? Big dumb I'm gonna daddy. I'm going to slap the bass. I want to slap the bass. <laughs> So, why are you uh, calling me so much? See that he, you have, did. yeah, that was why really you smooth. Just, me so we got much. him. He's you got him going. Yeah, all right, we're ready. To call going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the question, I, the question was, was you have a lot of employees and executives all over the country. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance personalities from? I think you're in Phoenix, right? Mm -hmm. and, but you're from Chicago, right? I was born in Chicago. Yeah. So you've got a little Midwestern, you've got this Southwestern thing, and, but I'm sure you've got people who are in all sorts of areas of the country. How are you balancing those personalities as a leader? You know, our executive team, yeah, none of us are in the same state, uh, basically, although we've got two in Illinois, but, you know, D.C. and Phoenix, Boise, and we're, we're very matrixed as an organization. We, we promote work from home and it's really just communication. That's it. And, you know, if you can get all in a, there are actually half of our executives I've never met in person. So it's just one of those things where we, you know, it's COVID. That's the reason because they're, they're newer to the organization, but 
Um, it's just communication, leveraging the technology. If you guys all have the same charter and the same purpose, to your point, whatever that purpose is, uh, ours is winning, of course, uh, or mine is at least. I'm very competitive, <laughs> but uh, uh, you can get along uh, and, and get and do great things together. It doesn't have to always be in person, although in person is much better. It's so much Can't better. wait for COVID. Me too. I know a lot of people like this the is remote great. thing, but yeah, yeah it's back. like, I'm we're, like, this humans. is a spreader zone right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, was hoping, no. I was hoping well, that I Doug would get a little fat, though. Good. I was really annoyed when I saw him and annoyed when I saw you and you and you because we're supposed to get fatter in COVID, not working out and getting skinnier. Yeah, we do jazzercise. Jazzercise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you for joining us. We're going to wrap it up in here in Vegas. And as you know, we are all going to head over to the next room and be ridiculous on trampolines and paintball and anything football else. Picks. Oh, football picks. We do actually have time for that. Who wants to start? Because I don't know crap about football. So I'm going Tom Brady in his own bed. Ooh. I mean, it's tough to bet against him. Still talking about we're not talking about Giselle. I'm going to Bucks, too. <laughs> Bucks, one thing I've learned is never bet against Tom Brady. Bucks by three. Wow. I'm ambivalent. Yeah, me too. I'm like, whatever. But you've got a son who has a big wrestling tournament today, right? Yeah, he's wrestling in Minnesota and then Northwestern Sunday. So I'll be so on my that's what his head's focused on. Yep. This, yeah. While you're dealing with the rest of us free assholes, you're going to be like worried about your kid. Um, I don't really care about football. I didn't even know who Tom Brady was until three days ago. So I heard that tough. You know, you have a just... poster up. Hundred percent. I don't know about football. Um, thank you to Lean Marketing and Lean Solutions Group for putting on this amazing episode. And we will see you guys next Friday, maybe tomorrow. We'll see how it goes with streaming. We'll see what Lean decides. But thank you for joining us. And I will let you guys hit the...